This program is brought to you by Preserve Gold, the number one precious metals IRA provider. Call 855-962-3322. Cancer drugs are in short supply. The problem now gripping American health care. To help the Food and Drugs Administration greenlighting a cancer drug from China. Some applaud the decision, while others warn that Beijing could use medicines as a weapon against the U.S. by withholding supplies or selling drugs that lack effective ingredients. Welcome to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. America is short on cancer drugs, and the Food and Drug Administration is turning to China for help. The country is grappling with a nationwide shortage of over a dozen chemotherapy drugs. The lacking supply is forcing doctors to look to other alternatives that might not be as effective. To ease the shortage, the FDA has approved cisplatin imports from a Chinese drug maker. Over 10 percent of cancer patients use the drug, which has a 90 percent cure rate for testicular cancer. It also treats bladder, ovarian, lung and head cancers. The drug is available for health care providers to order. Reactions to the news have been mixed. Some say boosting drug supply from China is helpful. Others have voiced concerns. Rosemary Gibson, an expert with a bioethics think tank, said Beijing could use medicines as a weapon against the U.S. Gibson noted supplies can be withheld, medicines can be made with lethal contaminants or sold without any real medicine in them, rendering them ineffective. America has been relying on China and India for its drug supply. The U.S. gets almost 90 percent of its ingredients for generic drugs from other countries, much of them coming from India and China. And China appears clear-eyed about this vulnerability. Beijing's mouthpiece Xinhua News Agency said in 2020 that the world should thank China instead of blaming it for the CCP virus, which causes COVID-19. Arguing if China stopped exporting drugs to the U.S., America would, quote, sink into the hell of a novel coronavirus epidemic. Amid rising tensions between the U.S. and China, a move to watch out for. One of the top investment firms in the Silicon Valley is separating its business in China and America. The company Sequoia Capital saying it would run its Chinese business as an independent entity. Sequoia Capital is known for its early investment in Apple and Google. It has raised billions of dollars from U.S. investors and funded some Chinese tech companies, such as Alibaba and ByteDance, TikTok's parent company. The firm saying it has become increasingly complex to run a decentralized global investment business, adding it was a complicated decision, but executives realized, quote, it's time for this. The move comes as the Biden administration weighs restrictions on investments in sensitive technologies such as semiconductors and artificial intelligence. These are key for countries' military capabilities. American investors have poured billions into China's AI industry. Sequoia also plans to run its Indian business as a separate entity, saying the planned change would take effect next March. Thousands of TikTok creators may have given their sensitive financial information to the Chinese Communist Party, social security numbers included. That's as TikTok finds itself swimming in yet another controversy. A U.S. lawmaker calling for an investigation and to the app CEO for committing perjury. Here's the story. 
TikTok CEO Shouzi Chu says that U.S. user data has never been stored in China. He made the comment under oath during a House hearing. The American data has always been stored in Virginia and Singapore in the past. And access of this is on an as-required basis as engineers globally by engineers for business purposes. But certain reports say otherwise. The social media giant has been reported to store social security numbers and tax identification numbers belonging to U.S. users inside China-based servers. That means employees of ByteDance, TikTok's parent company based in Beijing, could access the confidential data. TikTok influencers are required to upload their information in order to get paid. You have to understand that any type of technology or uh, businesses that are put into China or used or purchased from China are weaponized against the free world. They are weaponized against Americans. Social security numbers are critical legal identifiers for Americans. Much of the holder's most confidential details are tied to them, like tax records and medical insurance. Plus, they can be used to apply for loans. SSN theft can easily lead to fraud, but replacing a compromised SSN is a difficult process. U.S. users interviewed about the situation said they were unaware of the reported leak. One social media star, Zach Fairhurst, told Forbes that American user data should only be stored in the U.S. On the other hand, another TikTok influencer expressed that she sees TikTok's benefits as outweighing its risks. Data security violation is a major threat to national security, as the highly sensitive information can be weaponized. The problem also spans beyond U.S. soil. A former executive by ByteDance told the Wall Street Journal that the company has been targeting activists in Hong Kong since 2018 by using similar personal information. A major visit to China is back on the books for U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken. An official says he's setting off for China in the coming weeks, nearly half a year after scrapping a planned trip there. That decision was made over the Chinese spy balloon incident when an unmanned craft flew over the continental U.S., plus three sites linked to America's nuclear arsenal. The report of Blinken's new trip comes as Washington works to reestablish communication with Beijing, especially defense talks, and after President Joe Biden described a thaw in relations between the world's largest economies. Disputes between them range from Beijing's military activity in the South China Sea to its human rights record, intellectual property theft, and Taiwan. The island is democratically governed by its own constitution while the Chinese regime claims the island as its territory, despite never having ruled it. The officials spoke on condition of anonymity and didn't give details of the timing of Blinken's trip. The State Department also declined to confirm any plans. Deputy spokesman Vidin Patel noting that have no travel for the secretary to announce. As was said previously, the visit to the People's Republic of China will be rescheduled when conditions allow. Japan and South Korea scrambled fighter jets on Tuesday. That's as China and Russia held a joint air drill on Tuesday. South Korea said Chinese and Russian military aircraft entered its air defense zone. Japan said Chinese and Russian bombers flew into the Sea of Japan. China's defense ministry said the patrol is part of the annual cooperation. In 2022, Chinese and Russian fighter jets flew near Japan's airspace. That's when Tokyo was hosting leaders from the U.S., India and Australia. U.S. spy satellites, that's how America plans to deal with Chinese and Russian threats in space. Dubbed the Silent Barker, the in-orbit network would be the first of its kind capable of detecting and warning against threats to American systems in time to stop them. Here's more. 
Here's the latest in the U.S.-China space war. The U.S. Space Force is set to launch a group of satellites this summer. It's tasked with tracking Chinese space vehicles that could potentially disable or damage orbiting objects. Known as the Silent Barker, this satellite network will be the first of its kind to connect ground-based sensors and low-orbit satellites. The news comes after China developed weapons to hold the U.S. and allied space assets at risk. So what can Silent Barker do? According to the U.S. space team, Silent Barker can overcome observation gaps by ground-based sensors, which are limited by distance, geography, and weather. With surveillance from space, the new constellation can signal threats against high-value U.S. systems 24 hours a day. What's more, it will also be able to search, locate, and track adversary satellites in orbit. One example is China's SJ-21 satellite, launched in 2021. The U.S. Space Command chief says the Chinese craft could clearly serve in a counter-space role to maneuver around American satellites in space. Now, Silent Barker could track it and detect danger in time to stop it. The Silent Barker Satellite Group's launch date will be announced a month in advance on Facebook and Twitter. The U.S. Space Force says multiple space vehicles will be involved. China continuing to recruit former NATO fighter pilots to sharpen its air force. The latest helper on the job, pilots from Germany. According to a German media report last week, three former German fighter pilots are working as military trainers in China and reportedly earning, quote, six-figure annual salaries for their services, sharing Western aircraft tactics and strategy. On Monday, the German government pledged to immediately stop its former Air Force crew from providing training to China. It's the latest country to crack down on former personnel helping Beijing's air power ambitions, joining the U.S., U.K., and Australia. Russia's airspace closure now affecting China. According to the head of a global airline industry group, international flights flying to and from China will likely get reduced because of the increased distance to reroute around Russia. China's domestic airspace traffic hit a peak after the COVID-19 pandemic, but international flights are still at a low point. As tensions escalate between Beijing and Washington, the amount of airlines traveling back and forth between the two nations remains at a mere 6 percent of 2019 levels. Following the invasion of Ukraine, many countries imposed flight bans to Russia. In response, the Kremlin shut down its airspace to nations it deems hostile. But some U.S. and European airline companies complain that Chinese carriers are gaining an upper hand, saying their access to Russian airspace saves them fuel, costs and flight time. On the contrary, Delta, United and American Airlines say that the airspace ban is costing them $2 billion annually. Food prices like bread and pasta could be on the rise, a disaster hitting farms in China's Hunan province, dubbed as the country's granary. That means the world's biggest wheat consumer may see more grain imports, pushing up global wheat prices. Two weeks of continuous rain in the region have soaked wheat fields, and roughly 20 percent of China's bumper crop is expected to feel the impacts. Let's take a closer look. Staring out at his sodden land, this Chinese farmer says his battered wheat is not even worth harvesting anymore. He's one of many farmers now struggling in the country's central Henan province after weeks of heavy rains. The wheat harvest, the weather is not giving us a good harvest. Farmers are working very hard this year. All the wheat crops have sprouted. People are also very anxious. Henan produces around a third of the country's wheat. 
The unusually heavy rains are causing the wheat to sprout early, often producing lower quality flour unfit for humans. At the same time, the rains are delaying the harvest. Compared with 90% this time last year, state media reported only three quarters of Hunan's crop had been harvested. According to farmer Chen, there's also a shortage of machinery needed for the harvest. We have harvesters with caterpillar treads, but there are not many around. And because it is such a big area here, it is not possible to harvest everything. The main reason for this is that the weather is bad, and even after those harvesters, wheat crops will not dry out completely. It will inevitably be rotten. We might as well not harvest at all. The rains have also impacted neighboring provinces like Anhui, Shangxi, and Shandong. The government has urged, quote, extraordinary measures to address the crisis and has ordered state grain buyers to purchase lower quality wheat at above market prices. Imports of wheat into China are already going up. To make up for the loss, Darren Friedrichs of a consulting firm based in Shanghai says China, the world's largest wheat consumer, may have to bump up grain imports. So that would obviously have an impact on global prices and an impact on global markets. That potential bump in China's wheat import would come as the El Nino weather pattern is set to sharply reduce wheat output this year in Australia, another major producer. And as the ongoing war in Ukraine continues to curb Australia's grain exports. Coming up, possible danger ahead, attacks by China on U.S. soil. In the past two decades, Beijing has developed a capable invisible army, and it's made of cyber hackers. The regime sponsors hundreds of thousands of them to hack critical American infrastructure and harvest intelligence. The U.S. Navy in Guam is the latest victim. What's on China's hacking to-do list? And how can the U.S. protect itself in cyberspace? We hear from an expert on technology and cybersecurity, Andrew Sternke, for more. We as the public uh, always have to make sure that you know, our own personal cybersecurity is up because you never know what people are, are going to use that for to get into other larger organizations. More on that after the break here on China in Focus. Welcome back to China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. A look at the U.S.-China scorecard in cyber warfare. State-backed Chinese hackers recently breached the U.S. Navy. But the incident may mark just the tip of the iceberg in a bigger scheme. Cybersecurity experts believe the act, intended to disrupt U.S. military networks in the Pacific region, ahead of a possible crisis. Could China's cyber campaign succeed? And how can the U.S. bolster its defenses? Andrew Sternkey, chief executive officer from Jewish Disputes and Investigations, breaks it down. Andrew Sternkey, thank you so much for joining us. Great to have you on the show. Thank you. Recently, the U.S. Navy was actually hacked by this Chinese state-backed group known as Vault Typhoon. How severe is this attack? Um, it, it's pretty severe, and it, it's actually been going on for a while. Uh, what's interesting about this specific attack is that it's using um, what's called living off the land. And so basically, that sort of attack, they're not bringing, the hackers are not bringing in any specific um, ransomware type um, programming or software, but what they're actually using are um, tools that are le legitimate within the system, such as using PowerShell, uh, Windows management instrumentation, um, and then also using various 
uh, scheduled tasks and task schedulers to uh, infiltrate and gain intel uh, within an organization. And in terms of this type of attack, how is this different from the middleman ones or backdoor access? Well, I mean, they're just, they're harder to detect because they're using the actual tools that um, that organization is already using, uh, you know, such as PowerShell and uh, other Windows management uh, instrumentations. And because of that, it's just harder to detect because everything looks legitimate uh, versus uh, some of the other um, more well-known ways of detecting attacks. And Andrew, the reports are saying this was a Chinese state-backed group. So what does state-backed mean? What's the significance here? Yeah, so basically what that means is that the Chinese government, uh, specifically their intelligence agencies, are involved with um, assisting these hackers to infiltrate uh, their various organizations and infrastructures of the U.S. and our allies. And the concern here is that because of that, you know, they're able to um, gain a lot of intelligence uh, for their own government uses and to uh, basically employ these various hackers and give them more power to do things. And so how is that different from, say, regular hackers? Do they have more money or how does this work? Yeah, so, um, I mean, typically the big differentiators between uh, stake-back hackers and quote-unquote normal hackers is that normal hackers, uh, you know, they're just basically going after money. Um, you know, that, that's their main incentive is to uh, basically, um, in the illegal capitalism world, they just want to make money uh, versus state-backed actors. Um, you know, they're given more guidance specifically uh, for intelligence gathering um, reasons rather than you know, things like ransomware attacks, which is all about money. And so because of that, um, it's just more dangerous because um, they're, they're just a bigger nefarious uh, intent behind state-backed actors, and they also are able to uh, get employment that way also. And given that some reports are saying that this attack on Guam specifically was targeting Taiwan, so how does that work? Guam is very close to Taiwan. It's very concerning because if um, if Guam is shut down as far our eyes on Taiwan, we would be uh, deaf, blind, and dumb uh, to the situation in Taiwan and you know our ability to assist if there are issues. And given that, then how can the U.S. learn from this and improve and make sure to bolster their defenses? Well, I mean, in the world of cybersecurity, you know, it, it, it's, it's always, it, it's an ongoing battle. You know, it's, it's all about, you know, educating, uh, not just uh, within the organization of the various cybersecurity attacks, but, but, but also the public. Because what, one way that uh, these various hackers are able to infiltrate is by uh, what we call social engineering. So, you know, such as phishing attacks, uh, you know, they're able to trick people into giving them their credentials and whatnot. And so, uh, you know, we as the public uh, always have to make sure that, you know, our own personal cybersecurity is up because you never know what people are, are going to use that for to get into other larger organizations. And given the connectedness and how cybersecurity and cyber hacking seems to always be ongoing, what are other ways of security? Are there other options? 
we as uh, the public, there's a lot of things that we can do. One is to, you know, just always keep educating yourself on cybersecurity. Two is always use uh, multi-factor authentication uh, for, for all your accounts. And then three is uh, use a password manager like Bitwarden. That way you can keep track of all your passwords without you even knowing what they are. And, 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 and it'll just uh, really start securing yourself. Andrew Sternke, thank you so much for your time. Great. Thanks for having me. That's all for today's China in Focus. I'm Tiffany Meyer. If you have any feedback on the show or have something you'd like to see us cover, send us an email at chinainfocus.ntd.com. We'd love to hear from you. Thanks for watching. See you tomorrow.